Before we dive into the details of this episode, I just want to give a shout out to a couple companies that we support here on the show, and that is Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. There is not a better program for your kids to get active, stay healthy, and learn how to move correctly than this program. And there's a coach with them at all times teaching them everything from weightlifting technique to games, fun, balance, body awareness, throwing, you name it. Just all sorts of things that will benefit them through any sort of sport activity, or just be healthy through life. It's a great, great program. So go check it out. It's in the Sawed Off CrossFit building at the end of Harvey Road in College Station, Texas. The second one is Sendero Provisions Company. They are a clothing company out of Waco, Texas. The owner has been on the podcast and he's just an awesome dude. He's been through some crazy stuff, made it on the other side through hard work and discipline and just He just has a great attitude, and his clothing and hats are amazing. I just got some of their fall collection in. The shirt is so soft and comfortable that when I hold our newborn, she goes right to sleep. I mean, I'm not joking. It's crazy. It's so comfortable that other people are comfortable when they see me wearing it. That's how crazy comfortable it is. Their hats are amazing. I just got the black one in. It's really rad. So go check them out. Sendero Provisions Company. You can hit them up on Instagram or anywhere. Just type that in, and you will find it. Okay. This episode, the guest was amazing. It was a true pleasure to get to talk to this inspirational human, Rick Thorne, the biker in black. He is a pro BMX rider. He is a lead singer in a band. He's a stand-up comedian, an actor. What, What do you like to do? Like, what do you enjoy doing? He just says, yes, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to full send on what I enjoy to do. And he kind of tells you how you can do the same thing he did. It was just a Man, such a great conversation. So please, everybody enjoy this fantastic ride with Rick Thorne. There we go, Rick. What's up, dude? Man, nothing. Like I said, thank you so much for, for doing this. I am a, I'm a big fan, like, following you. I love BMX stuff. Um, but what I really, like, inspires me about you, which is what, like, prompt me to really want to have you on the podcast is you make these posts about being like a certain age and you're still ripping and then you're a lead singer in a punk rock band and then you just get into stand-up comedy like I'm 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 blown away by your lack of fear in like age and what you do and profession and where you come from and all that stuff man thanks a lot uh yeah, man, I don't know where to start. I, I guess, like, I mean, I guess I'll start with just, like, it all came from probably riding bikes, you know? Like, like when you, like, when you, like, write stuff down on a piece of paper and you bring it to life, strictly because you think you want to do it, like, I want to try this, and there's no, like, opportunity, there's no, or there's very few opportunities, and no one really knows about the sport, but you're, like, writing tricks down and, like, all you're thinking about something that you want to do and you overcome fears like you, you by by doing that or like you get hurt and what i'm getting at is is like like let's say if you get hurt you gotta like overcome you know you gotta be like all right i gotta overcome that injury mentally physically like all right you know brush it off keep it moving and so like when i go into other things and other projects or other dreams of mine that i wanted to do as a kid uh i always compare it to bike riding because i'm like well like, okay, I want to go, go do stand-up comedy. What's the worst that could happen? People don't laugh? All right, then figure it out. You know what I mean? And then be like, and then like, okay, how many times did you slam, ride 
riding on your bike before you pulled the trick. But once you got that trick, bam, then you perfected it. So it's kind of like the same mentality, you know, like whether it's the music or like any, anything that you want to do. And I was lucky enough to find bike riding and learn the, that, that uh, I don't know, like that, not like work ethic, but like, you know, just learn how to like overcome fears, set goals, write it down, believe in yourself. Ain't nobody else there but you and that pen and that pad. And then I, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's kind of like how I approach everything. Is, is that comp- I literally compare it to bike riding, man. It's crazy. Well, what, you know, I, man, I totally get that. Like, it, it makes it makes sense to me. I mean, being involved, like, I rode BMX for a while, no, nowhere near to the level, you know, but I've loved action sports the whole way. Like, right now, you may laugh. I, I rollerbladed. I was in like one X Games, so it wasn't any big deal. But uh, like, it's the action sports world has taught me so much in my life. Like as a human, growing up as an adult and everything. And so when I see stuff like yours, I'm I'm like, you've taken it so much further than you know in your life. And there's so many like, there's very few guys that have just decided like, hey, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Well. Uh, dude, check it out. And that, that's rather you rode and, and you're in the X Games and all that, man. You do all your stuff. Do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Do what you love. That's how I always tell people. Do what you love to do. You know what I mean? But I learned I learned a long time ago that, like, okay, I have a personality uh, and, to utilize, and to, to utilize that. So in order for me to keep riding, it's like, okay, is my riding, like, the best? Nowadays, it could be, like, the best video part. You know, the video age. We didn't have that growing up. I'm, I'm, I'm 51, bro. We didn't have, like, if you had a video camera, you were, like, rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't, we didn't have it. And and if you had a, a, no one ever had a camera. I wish we would have had a buddy to shop photos. But we never really had any photos, you know? And so what I'm getting at is that in order to, to, keep, to keep doing it back in the day, it was like, okay, what's your contest placings? What place did you get? And that assessed your value. You know what I mean? And so, as that goes on, and you do that for 25 years, I'm like, is this what I'm going to do my whole life? And be like that guy that just competes his whole life and then and then doesn't have any actual life? Like, what? Well, I want to keep riding. You know, like, if, if I don't place good, then I don't have a value. Well, fuck, I know I have a value. Like, and so that's when I started to explore other stuff. And stuff started to come my way, man. Like, hosting TV shows and radio shows and shit like that. And then, and then I got into movies. And then I just kept, but I always, like I said, I would always go back to like, okay, even though I'm hosting a TV show, I used to do a show for ESPN for like four years or something called X Today, but I never stopped riding because that was just a way for me to keep riding because the industry dollars from BMX aren't as lucrative as people think. It's all the other stuff, the touring and the appearances and the other sponsors and the, you know, it isn't so much from the BMX root industry of how pro bike riders make the money. They make some money. I'm not saying that some dudes aren't sponsored by the bike bike sponsors, but the majority of, of money for them to, to take care of a family and be 50 and still ride a bike isn't solely just from the bike industry, sponsorship-wise. No way. You got to go do other shit. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I kind of started doing other stuff. I started doing other stuff because I was like, well, I do want to ride forever. But I don't, I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't want to be like that competitive pro just straggling along for, for 50 years and that's as good as it gets. Like, no, I wanted more. I wanted to do something more. I wanted to, and I wanted to take what I learned with bike riding and challenge myself 
to do other stuff. And no disrespect if you are that rider where you want to compete your whole life to do it. That's your path. That just wasn't mine. You know what I mean? Like, 25 years of competing, I felt like, damn, I competed a pretty long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> you know? That's such a long time to be competing in such a violent sport. 100%. And we're, we're doing it back in the day when, you know, you know, bro, come on. You, what, you're from Texas? Yes, from sir. Texas? All right, so, freaking, uh, well, where in Texas you from? Uh, I live in College Station, but I grew up right there on, like, you know where South Padre Island is? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Well, the reason I ask is we did a lot of stuff down in Texas back in the day. We used to do the Texas State Fair in Dallas, and it was me, Hoffman, McCoy, Mira, Jay Mira, and Taj Mahalik. Uh, we did that shit for five years, dude. We used to do four shows. This is what I'm trying to get out. We used to do four shows a day at the Texas State Fair. And I and, and I got a hundred dollars a day when I rode, and fifty dollars a day when I announced. Now <laughs> we're busting ass, dude. The level of riding, me, Hoffman, Mira, McCoy, Miron, like all the top pros. So like we're not just pussyfooting around, bullshitting and shit. We're throwing it down, and it's like you're throwing it down for like twenty five bucks a show, bro. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> You know, and so you learn, though. You learn, you learn, like, there's a lot you get from doing shows, too. But anyhow, what I'm trying to say is, you mentioned a violent sport. Yeah. And back then, yeah, if you got hurt, it's like, yeah. Uh, you're making, the only, you're living off this show money. You ain't doing the shows, you ain't eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. But it was fun, but it was crazy. You know? Yeah. And what makes it even, what makes that even more crazy is you're doing it for that dollar amount. And I don't think people... People may not 100% realize, if, if you want to check it out, go to Rick's Instagram and scroll back. He has one where he's in the hospital. You can just see all of his injuries. I, like The hospital one blew me away when I saw you. Like You were in there. You were walking around. You were actually going to go ride the ramp, I think you said, right? Again? Wait, what, you're talking about last year? Yeah. Dude, check this story out. So we're doing this show of bands. Uh, I'm just going to ramble if that's cool. No, check go it for out. it. Last Okay, last warp tour, I did fucking so many warp tours. Dan's like, we'd be warp tour, but it's only like for a weekend. All right, cool. This is the very last one. Like they did, they did two events last year, and this is the second event. This was like the first day of the event, and uh, man, I hooked you up on the ramp. I don't know uh, how. Uh, honestly, uh, I didn't do anything hard. It was just like an XF setup there. Um, part of me wants to feel like you know. I don't know, this shit happens, you know what I mean? But anyhow, I ended up knocked out. Like, what the hell just happened? And so, my ribs hurt like shit, and I was like, damn. So, at the time, I didn't have health insurance. So everybody's like, yo, you should go to the hospital. I'm like, fuck that, I just broke a rib, I'm fine. What? You're gnarly. No, I just broke a couple ribs, I ain't gonna do shit for it anyway. So I stayed up all night, we went out, we hung out, we got dinner, I'm wobbling around. I couldn't lay down. I figured if I lay down on the bed with broken ribs, I ain't gonna be able to get out of the bed. I ain't gonna be able to pick myself up. So I slept just sitting up. And the morning came. Everybody's gonna go do the demos. I couldn't go, so I'm like, I'm just gonna stay here. I don't wanna fucking hang out there all day. Sore. So I'll just catch up with you guys later. Anyways, I got. I don't wanna drag this out, but I'm just trying to get all these details. No, go for it, man. So, as long as you want. Okay. So then we're like, okay, cool. I get an Uber to the warp tour because I'm just feeling like 
oh, man, I feel like just, just maybe something's wrong with my shoulder, my ribs. Uh, I felt this before. Uh, keep in mind, I stayed up pretty much all night and uh, just charged through it and just, just being me. And, uh, yeah, man, so, like, I get to the, to the work tour, and I, I don't take any pain medicine. Um, never have. Uh, I can't say I never have, but I hadn't for years. Like, I'm talking, like, 10, 15-plus years. I don't take any medicine, nothing. And uh, I said, man, I got to fly home tomorrow, which is Monday. I want to see if I could just get some, some type of painkillers just to tie me over on that plane ride. going to suck. I just want to get home. Okay? Well, I couldn't breathe. Like, I'm walking with the owner of the ward tour. His name's Kevin Lyman, and he's walking normal. And I'm like, Kevin, I can't keep up with you. He's like, what? I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm out of breath. What the fuck's talking about? I'm like, I just can't breathe. Turns out, long story short, I said warp tour a little longer, and finally I said, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. I go to one hospital, and they're like, yo, we can't work on you here, dude. Uh, what? We have to use another hospital. All right, show them to another hospital. There's like eight people ready, waiting for me at the loading dock with the IV ready, just throwing me down, like, let's go, move up. I felt like I was like in war, you know, where like my legs like blown off, like, get him out, get him out, chopper, let's go, Tommy. I'm like, what's going on? You guys are fucking, where you're freaking out? I'm like, damn, what are y'all tripping on? Uh, Hold on a second. Anyways, okay. And so, so, so then I was like, shit. So, man, so, so as, as they can put the IV in me and like, they're drugging me up, I'm like, yo, you guys still haven't told me what the fuck's going on. And the dude goes, you have blood in your lungs. And I went, what? And I was out. <laughs> so this what, turned, this, this, this what turned out. Me, the Clint Eastwood, I'll walk it off guy. Stayed up all night, did all that shit. I ended up having seven broken ribs, a broken clavicle, a fractured T2 vertebrae, and two liters of blood was in my right lung. Now, if you know anything about blood in your body, you have about four to five liters of blood in your body tops. So that means half of my blood in my body was filled up one lung. Um, I was like, oh shit. So what they did is they took the blood out of the lung and put it back in my body. Like they filtered it, some shit. They, they had to because I was like, but I felt normal though. The thing was that I just felt like I couldn't breathe. And the, the, the doctor's like, yo, if you would have got on that plane Monday, you would have died because your cabin pressure, you would have just choked on your own blood and shit. I was like, damn. So I felt pretty, like, blessed, you know? But, like, I have, I have health insurance now, but, like, that was gnarly because the artery in my lung gave out on the impact of the slam. But I've slammed so many times in my life. And people say, yeah, you're getting older. Yeah, but I'm a tough son of a bitch. And we've been doing this a long time. Like, I get it. And, like, I blame that shit because I was vaping at the time, dude. Like, like I was vaping uh, for about three years. And I wasn't vaping weed, I was vaping nicotine. But I blame that shit on vaping, bro. 100%. Really? Uh, well, just because I heard, I did some research in the hospital. And here's why. They come, the doctors come in, they go, hey, we got this one chest tube. We got to put another chest tube behind in the back of your lung. I'm like, what the fuck for? He's like, there's a bunch of liquid back there that's not blood. Like, like, what? He goes, yeah, it's usually you find that in older people. Uh, you know, they may get sick, they may get liquid in their lungs, it, it creates, kills, kills people, you know, it's been, it sort of happens, unfortunately. You know, and I'm like, shit. And so I'm like, well, let me ask you something. Could that shit be from vaping? 
He's like, ah, oh, I can't say yes or no. He's like, why do you ask? I said, well, I did some research, and it turns out that supposedly, you know, I don't believe everything you read, but like vaping, you know, uh, weakens blood vessels and arteries and shit. Now, I started thinking like, eh, I wasn't trying to find an excuse for the injury. Like, shit happens. It's done. Okay? It is what it is. But I started thinking like, I saw a lot in my life, and I've never, ever had an artery give out in my lung, bro. You know? So... Uh, I asked him if that was the case, and, uh, and you know, he said, oh, I, I, I don't know. And so, right then, I was just like, I'm going to quit vaping. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know anything about the vaping world. Like, I, mean, I don't do anything. I never smoked or anything like that. But that's that's wild that it can create that liquid in your lungs and that it might have, like, weakened things where, like, you think from that impact, it just weakened it enough to feel, like, Fill yeah. it up like that? I think so, because, look, man, I don't pride myself in falling, but shit happened, and I'm a pretty positive, optimistic dude, doesn't take any pain. At the time, you know, I, my whole life, I, I don't... Right now, I, I have a CBD sponsor uh, called NeuroXVF that helps me with pain, but I always just dealt with pain naturally, uh, and I feel like CBD uh, helps deal with pain in a, in a more of a natural way than a pharmaceutical way. So I was never into the pharmaceuticals at all. Uh, I just felt like there were just a bunch of chemicals and that it was just not good for me. You know, I, never, I don't know. I just wasn't, I saw people get addicted to shit and stuff. So, but you know, I was over it, but yeah, like, so with the research that I, that I did is I was like, well, you know, like, you know, they're going to, they're going to say, you know, to do these studies about vaping and stuff. I'm like, maybe it's true, you know? And in my case, I kind of felt like, well, even if it's not true, and it wasn't from vaping. It doesn't hurt to stop. You know, it's like, not like it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to tell people what to do. I'm just saying for me, like, oh, maybe I'll just stop. And, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just weird because I just felt like, how can my body become that weak when, and, and no one in the, in the whole sport of BMX that I've ever heard of is slammed hard enough to where an artery gave out in their lung. That's saying a um, lot. That is saying a whole lot. Because <laughs> there's a lot of dudes that slam pretty fucking hard all the time. And and I'm like, uh, and, and then the extra liquid in the lung, because I heard about popcorn lung, and it creates this stuff. And like, so I just figured I just quit all in all. And I did last December. And uh, I haven't smoked or vaped since. And I don't, you know, uh, that's something I, I smoke. I smoked for like, man, I smoked for a long time in my life. But I didn't start so I was like in my late thirties, dude. It's crazy. Wow, that's and, a, that's late to get started on the smoking gig. Yeah, uh, telling me, dude. And so, so then just you know, not to get too into like making this about smoking and shit, but like basically, I just, just said, you know what, I'm just gonna quit. Uh, I, I like breathing, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I think it took maybe it took something like that for me to quit. I don't know, but 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 I walked it off. And so what happened was. After that surgery, it wasn't really like a surgery. I was just like laying in bed for 12 days. And if you've ever been in a hospital, it's fucking, they don't let you rest. Every hour they're coming in, you need to take this medicine. Okay, and they come back in an hour later. Oh, we gave you that medicine, it creates diarrhea, so you got to take this medicine. And they go, no, we need a blood sample. I'm trying to sleep. Oh, no, we need a urine sample. It's like, can you leave me the fuck alone? And they're like, ah, oh, the food sucks. And like, ah, oh, golly gee. And, they're like, and then you're just like, and you try to watch TV, and they're all pre-recorded shows like Cops and Jerry Springer and all this shit to give you anxiety. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing here? 
Ah, help me! Ah, he's the hospital! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's exactly why, for me, I'm speaking for me. I ain't speaking for anybody else. That's exactly why, for me, I'm like, I ain't going to the hospital. Because I know what it's like there. It's miserable. And if all I felt like at the time was, all I did was break the rib, I don't need to go. You ain't going to do anything for a broken rib. Now, I'm glad I went, because I, I would have died. I know. I'm just stubborn sometimes. But you got to think to yourself, like, so I got health insurance now, yada, yada, blah, 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 you know. But this, that was just a crazy injury. But anyway, so after the injury, I'm like, I'm coming up on 50. And I remember Tony Hawk did a 50 at 50, okay? And that's 50 trick to 50 years old. No one had ever done it in skating. Well, Tony Hawk did it. At least I know. You know, he's the first one. And so, so then I was like, okay, I'd already started to film my 50 and 50 because I was planning to do it. And I still needed about, I don't know, 15 or so tricks to do. And, uh, so right when I got home from that injury in July, end of July, maybe end of August, I started filming, uh, to get it done by my birthday in October. And, uh, yeah. So my, my mind power was like, heal up get better, you got shit to do, you know, I, I, and listen, man, I know I'm rambling, you haven't asked me one costume question, but I will say this, I believe, and I don't say that, I don't mean this arrogant at all, but I believe that a lot of people don't like their job, or they work jobs where they don't really like it, and if they can get time off, they're stoked, me personally, time off is a nightmare, because I love to ride every day, I love to do my job, I love to go to the events, me missing an event is torturous. So I think with that type of mindset that, that I have, you heal quicker. Most people would love to follow unemployment and kick it and get paid to do nothing. Me, I'd go insane. I'd go insane because I need to be doing something. You know what I mean? But, you know, hey, I'm just saying that, like, that, that creates you to heal quicker because you keep setting these daily goals or these long-term goals or year goals, and it's all focused around your job that you love to do, why would you want to take a day off? Or that makes sense? You no, know, yeah, that's exactly what, like, that's that's what I think all the time. So I just turned 40, right? And right. I do, I still rollerblade, I still do all the same stuff. In fact, I probably do more now. I'm starting to do more now at 40 than I did, you know, between, like, 27 and now right and uh and i'll have people come up to me and i'm just a silly goose all the time like my kids are like geez that's my dad you know and and uh but people people came up when it when i was 40 like when i turned 40 and they and no no disrespect to them or anything but they make jokes and it's like everybody expects to get old and I, for some reason, don't expect to get old. And I think that's why I like seeing your post. You're like, I'm 51 years old. And, you know, you're still out there doing slams like that. Like that was a year ago, right? You know, just before you were yeah, 50, I guess, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're slamming like that. And, you know, people are like, why would you do that at 50? You're supposed to be sitting in a rocking chair somewhere watching TV, right? I mean, I mean, if that. I, look, if, if, if that's how you, however you want to spend your life, you know what I mean? Like, it's your life, you know? Like, I mean, if you're, like, doing something stupid, naturally you're going to, you know, most people would say, hey, man, you probably shouldn't do that, or, 
if you're addicted to some substance, you're probably be like, hey, man, you probably need to get some help. But for the most part, you live your life however you want to live it, you know? And I saw this documentary um, about Colonel Sanders, uh, the guy that invented KFC on the road years ago. I'm sure you can find it online somewhere. I, this is before, like, online was, like, the go-to. You know what I mean? It's like, this some shit I saw on, like, USA Network or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> and this dude, okay, Colonel Sanders, I'll break it down real quick. He was like some old school dude that tried to invent shit his whole life, from what I can remember of the documentary. And he came up with this, this recipe, Colonel Sanders chicken. He wrote it on the wall in his house up top. And so he, and at this point, he's like 60 years old or some shit. He's not, you know, he's not like he's 20. And so then he starts putting a deep fryer in the back of his Buick and going to diner saying, do you want to carry exclusive Colonel Sanders chicken? I was like, this kid is punk rock. He didn't know what punk rock is, he's punk rock. <laughs> which, let me, which, which punk rock is more than just a dress code, okay? That's all I have to say. It's anyway, not, yeah, yeah, and, not a dress code. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyhow, I'm like, yeah, this is punk, you know, he's doing shit. And it turns out that, like, at the time, McDonald's was booming, and then, you know, all of them started to pop up, the franchises were like, we'll do uh, Taco Bell, uh, we'll do uh, uh, Chicken One, we'll do, uh, you know, everybody's just competing with each other and trying to come up with, like, something new. So anyhow, he, he came up with that whole character where he dresses in white, dyed his beard white, he didn't dress like that. That was from off of some cartoon strip they used to watch or some shit. Like, and then he came up with Colonel Sanders, the whole spit, the whole spew, fucking at like 60, 70 years old, and finally cracked and hit an invention of his. And I was like, damn, this dude, well, most dudes are grandpas and shit, like, you know, hey, cut the turkey, watching football, not doing shit. He's like, put a, put a deep run back of a Buick, kill you know the Hey, carry my chicken and shit, DIY. I'm like, this dude is punk as fuck. Like, and that stuck with me. And I was like, man, never give up on your dreams. Never give up on what you want to do. You're never too old. You could have more than one dream. You know what I'm saying? You could, ha- you could, you could do more than one thing. And that's why I was got so inspired. As I was like, yo, this dude was just like going for it. And uh, anyone out there? listening to this, uh, I don't remember the name of the documentary. I don't know. I'm sure if you Google, like, documentary on Colonel Sanders, it'll probably pop up. But uh, I, that inspired me. And that inspired me to say, like, dude, you know what? This is how old you are. Uh, you know, you, uh, you 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 got a vision, you got an idea, and, and you follow through. You know? You go for it. So. Well, yeah, and that obviously bleeds through with stuff because uh, I've done a little bit of public speaking before, but you're you're going up there like you decide when did you get into stand-up comedy about a year and a half ago and then i started doing really good up until covid and then when covid hit naturally like i live out here i live out here in hollywood in la so like everything shut down you know and so like you know everybody knows what happened with covid everything just got shut down then just started to open back up but then i started to say okay like you still write material, and you still want to perform. I just haven't performed in quite a while. Uh, like I said, I did a set at the comedy store uh, maybe a week before COVID, and then and then the, the, uh, I take that back in the valley, like the day before COVID, like really like they shut everything down. I did a set, 
And it just... But the thing about stand-up comedy is this, bro. You perform in front of people that want to laugh, you're going to make them laugh. If you if you go to open mic night and you perform in front of other comics that are just running through material, you might not get laughs. Because everybody's there just to spit their shit. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Everybody's competing with, everybody's competing with each other. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like a bunch of bike riders hanging out. We're at a skate park. There we go. Compare it back to bike riding. A bunch of bike riders hanging out. We'd be like, oh, that was sick. We're not going to be over the top applauding and shit. If you're like some dude in the X Games crowd, like, that was sick, ah! You know what I mean? Like, so when you're performing for an audience, it's different than when you're performing for the same people doing the same thing. You know? That makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Like, I mean, you know, you're. I, I can see that totally now. I always tell people, like, it's not, like, what you see... I mean, I've been fortunate enough just to be around like, like some high level action sports people like yourself, you know, and, and watch what you do and just in awe. And I'm like, it's not like that at all. When you're in that position, it's like they're, they're doing the most gnarly things that you don't normally see on videos because they're all one upping each other. And they're just, it's like goes one after the other, but there's no like crowd cheering. There's, you know, it's just all, it's like. Oh, you either hit it or you don't. Yeah, like, and there'll be some camaraderie, but it doesn't, it's like, oh, sick, or someone will be like, what? That was rad. And it's just, you know, I just say that your friends aren't supportive. Of course they are. And not to say that, that other comics, when you're doing open mics, won't be supportive. Of course they are. Some aren't. Some aren't. I've had, I've had one comic tell me, like, basically told me, like, that I wasn't going to stand up comedy and I should stick to bikes. <laughs> and it was funny because I, because I was like, I just told him, I'm like, that's funny because your set totally sucked. And, and you you know, like, you didn't get any laughs. I got laughs from people competing to get laughs. Like, what are you talking about, dude? And, you know, that's one thing I, I must say that I have to mention. As much as you have, a, a you know, the blessing of, like, I'm going to go for this shit. I'm going to do whatever it takes. There's also kind of a curse to it. And what I mean by that is, is that a lot of times when people know you, Okay, and I, I don't mean this doubtfully. If it sounds this way, I don't mean it to sound that way. But there's a lot of times when people know you for one thing. Okay, like they know you for bike riding. They're they're. Uh, it's hard for them to accept that you could actually be good at something else. It's hard for them to detach what they found you as the bike rider, and now you're the musician or the host or the actor or the I got a cooking show with my son, a chef. It's hard for people to detach that. And so then they want to attack it. Because I think most people believe that they can only be good at one thing. And I've always said you can be good at multiple things if you put in the work. And, you know, I, I face that a lot. I face that a lot with people um, with, you know, either either someone like yourself is like real enthusiastic and stoked. Like, God, you're doing more shit than just bike riding. And other people are competitive. And, and they're like, well, he's pretty good at this, too. And he's good at that. And he's good at this. Fuck him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a little of me used to be like that. I did. Until I started going for it. A little of me used to be, like, jealous when, when someone, say, started a band and was a pro athlete. I'm like, dude, because that's what I wanted to do. And instead of getting jealous and talking crap, you just apply yourself. You say, oh, I'm just going to go for it. And, and uh, do my thing, you know, and, and do, do what you got to do, you know? I mean, look, when I, when, I started, when I started hosting TV shows back in the day, everyone says, what, you're not a bike rider now? 
I was like, no, I could do both. And then when I started doing radio, studied radio for ESPN for nine years. Oh, wow. I started doing, yeah, when I started doing radio, it was called ESPN Action Sports Radio. And they used to play it out here on the radio on, on uh, KOLS. And then this is, this is like when podcasts first started popping off, dude. And they, I used to go around with the MP3 player and a mic and interview people at events and shit all day long. You can look it up online. I'm sure it's still on iTunes. It's called EXPN Action Sports Radio. Got it. And uh, so then I started doing radio, and people were like, what, you don't host TV shows anymore? I was like, wait a second. Wait, you were just asking me if I still wrote because I was TV, and you all about all about myself? And then I started doing movies. I'm like, what, so you don't do radio anymore? I was like, that's just people. And I get it, and I'm not offended by it, and you can't let that get in your way. But I will just say at times, people like the guy at this open mic, we're just, dude, I've seen some of the best comedians run through material, and it sucks. And that's why they go to open mics, to go through material, to see what works and what doesn't work. Not everything you say is going to be funny. Isn't it, it's all, it's that same thing with anything else though, like you have to fall and fail to learn what works, like to learn how to do that exact thing. You can, you can read or study or watch all day long until you actually go out and do it and keep getting those repetitions and the muscle memory or the, you know, train, you can train your brain to think faster and talk faster and, you know, react quicker. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that too. Like how quick and sharp the stand-up comedians are on like when people say things in the crowd and just all that, it's all a trained muscle from doing it over and over again and sucking. Yeah, oh, 100%. And also, too, I will say this, anyone out there that wants to get into stand-up comedy and, and go for it, well, for me, what I learned right off the bat, jokes with my friends might not be funny and <laughs> a group room full of people. Because you, have a relation, because you have a relationship with your friends. Yeah. Like, homie may laugh at your jokes because you've known them since third grade. But the reality is, it's really not that funny. But you're going to think you're funny because your homies are laughing. The reality, the shit ain't funny. Just saying. And, and that's what happened to me. As I was like, okay, and you learn how to shift gears real quick. Like, all right, enough of that. Let's talk about this. And uh, so it's just fun, man. It's just fun. I, I believe that all of, like, I believe that, like, all of the, uh, you know, industries are connected somewhat, some sort, like, from the music to the sports to the uh, television, radio, comedy. It's all entertainment. It's just different, different, different language and different, different uh, formulas that you have to learn. Man, you know, like when I started doing movies, when I started doing movies, uh, that was different than hosting. So I went into it with a hosting mentality. Had nothing, acting has nothing to do with hosting at all, at all, unless you're playing a host in a movie. <laughs> different. But you think, oh, I'm in front of a camera, it's the same thing. No, not. And so I went to school. I went to acting school for three years out here and study that and so it's not as if like you stumble into things you're like oh I'll do that it's like you gotta study this stuff and if you wanna be good at it you know and practice it and uh and, and that leads me to my next thing I wanna mention real quick next year uh I'm gonna be playing a cop in this movie I got a movie part I'm pretty stoked in about actually that's uh, awesome what's what's the movie uh the movie I mean I can't talk all about it that's the only thing that sucks they make you sign these these like uh, what are the NDAs, non-disclosure agreement things? But yeah. I just want to say that, like the the, the movie is going to be pretty rad. Um, it's got a lot of a lot of a lot of well-known people in it, and I'm pretty stoked because having that skill 
I'm learning how to act as something that you have while you do the other stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, but, like you're lucky to act, I, I mean, like big acting, not like independent films, like, like major motion pictures. Those type of actors may work a lot, but there's a, I think there's a lot of actors that don't work that much, you know? And you got to do other things when you're not acting. And so that's why I'm like, oh, well, we got bike riding. Oh, we got music. Oh, we got radio. We got this, we got this, and all this stuff, you know? So I ne- people always ask me, like, what are you been up to? I'm like, yeah, I don't know where to start. Like, it goes from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. But I like it. Then it's like I'm always busy, you know? Yeah, but you're always busy with things but, that you like to do. Like, you chose to do those things. Yeah, but it all stemmed from writing, man. Don't you? So none of it, all of it's rad, all of it's rad, but I will say that, and I love all the other stuff, it's fun. The feelings are great, the feelings are different, but the ultimate feeling for me still to this day would be pulling something on your bike that you wrote down on a piece of paper that you thought you could do, but you didn't know how you were going to do it, but you did it. That's great. Man. I mean, making people laugh is fun. Acting's fun. Like, uh, music's a blast. Music's real close to the same. You rock the crowd, you get, to get your emotions out. And bike riding, you don't really talk. It's all like a physical expression, you know? Um, so, yeah, man. Anyways, I'm just rambling, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> no, it is. Dude, it's awesome. Like, so, there's so many lessons in there for, like, everybody. It doesn't, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a BMX rider or an action sports star on the level that you are or an actor or stand-up comedian. You don't have to be somebody like that. You can have a regular, you know, just regular nine-to-five job and come home to your family and all that, but you can apply these things to your life. Like, even if it's if you want to start your own business, you know, you want to, you've got these dreams or you want this specific job in this industry and that's where you'd be happy, but you're over here and you just like, well, I can't go. I've got a family. i got kids. I've got these things to worry about. Like, no, I think you can go. You just have to start making a plan and work for it and do it. I don't, I, I have a, I, I want to spread message to everybody like that's like struggling with stuff that they can find things. Like they can, di- like you don't have to settle, I guess is what I'm saying. Like whatever your path is in life, you don't have to settle. And that's what's impressive about what you've done. You're like, I want to try stand-up comedy. I'm going to go for it. You know, I, I want to try acting. I'm going to go for it. Like, And you give it 100%. And nobody's in there, like nobody's in Rick's head saying like, oh, what about you can't? Like, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm a bike rider. Well, I think, well, I think, I think a lot, of, yeah, for sure. I think, I think a lot of it too, and I agree with what you're saying, if you, it's what you focus your attention on, dude. It's focus what you focus your thoughts and your speech on. You know, you said something that's like, uh, sparked something that I always say. is like, all these people fighting over these politicians. It's all you're talking about. It's all you're thinking about. But you're not talking about starting a business. Are you? Are you talking about bettering your life? Are you talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I refuse to fight over it. I refuse to fight over it. And I refuse to watch it. And so I keep my focus in my own world, in my own head of what I need to do. And, and you know, where you focus your attention and your speech is what you get. And it's a known fact, and that's how your subconscious mind works. What you think and say is what you get. Even if you say things you don't want, you will get them. Because that's where you're focusing all your energy and your time in, your thoughts. It's your thoughts and your 
speech. Listen, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between hot or cold, high or low, rich or poor. It only knows what you say. It goes off your speech and your thoughts and then directs you and steers you down the road in life. Do some research. Study it. I've studied that too. Look up Napoleon Hill. Look up, look up, uh, 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 what's your name? Uh, Esther Hicks. Talk about the law of attraction. Uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. He also did, he's a master of PMA, positive mental attitude. It, it's, it's where you put your thoughts. If you keep telling yourself you can't do something, you're gonna, you're not gonna do it. And no matter what I say, or no matter what everyone else says, or no matter what you, like, what you go read, or not read, but no matter, like, what you see, if deep inside you are telling yourself you can't do something, you're not gonna do it. I don't care what it is. I'm just saying. Dude, that might Make be it, that know. might be some of the best piece of advice I could ever hear, or you could ever share right there, or this podcast even has on it, is that you were saying like if you're argue, you're arguing about these politicians, obviously that's a big hot button topic right now with crazy people fighting about everything. But you're you are you hit the nail on the head. You're spending all your time arguing about these politicians. You don't have anything to do with. Are you starting your business that you've been dreaming about? Are you like what are you doing? Like what? You're doing nothing but sitting there wasting your energy. Yeah, like 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 what I've learned in life, and some people say you're selfish. I think that 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 word growing up has been like used in a way to attack somebody to say, "Hey, buddy, can you help me on Friday? I can't. Come on, man, can you help me on Friday? I can't. What about Saturday? I can't. Why not? I got plans. Well, what was your plan? Oh, well, you went to the lake with your buddies. Well, your friends be like, that dude's selfish. He didn't help me move, right? It's made, it's kind of a fine line one. And you'd be like, well, I've already made this plan to do this, but I don't have time to do that. I can't do that for you. So I'm going to say you're just selfish. Or if someone wants something out of you, you can't give them, they call you selfish. And just follow me. I'm not saying that being inconsiderate and not helping your friends is cool. I'm not saying that's cool. Of course, you help your friends when you can. You help people when you can. But what I've learned by being a people pleaser my whole life, what I've learned by being that guy, especially in three marriages, is that I need to take care of me first. That I was put on this earth to take care of me first, otherwise I can't take care of anyone. So I can't go through life people pleasing people, doing this, doing this, and if, if I can't do it, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? And I had a big problem with that, and I had to learn about what the word selfish was. Is that selfish isn't a bad word, it's just used like, like I mean, look dude, you put on this earth to live whose life? I'm not living the guy walking up the sidewalk right now's life. I'm living mine. Doesn't mean that I don't care about other people. It does. It gets so twisted. Like it doesn't mean that like I I uh, only care about myself and no regard for other people. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that I have to take care of me first. My I come first. And I think if more people put themselves first in their lives, they could accomplish their goals and dreams of what they want to do. That's just my opinion. No, they that's use that. That's. More, that's used as a guilt thing all the time. Like it's used as a guilt thing to say like you're selfish or call somebody selfish. It's like, man, a real you know you know who your real friends are. That and when people say that, you're yeah. like, that that's just a that's a thing to try to guilt you into doing what they want, which is in turn selfish as well. Well, which a hundred percent. And so, like our society has so much guilt, blame, left, left and right, and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, it's just kind of like. For me, and I'm only talking about this because I'm reminding my subconscious mind right now that this is just just discussion. This isn't how, like, my daily. 
I don't drive around talking about this. I mean, like, like, uh, uh, you know, about other other stuff that keeps staying on my path is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I'm just reminding myself that, like, you can do whatever you want in life. It's your life, okay? This is, this is your gift, okay, and how you want to spend it. But the people that I've learned that are successful and follow through with what they want to do, they keep their mind on it. They keep their mind on that, not all the other distractions. The distractions pull you away from what you need to do. That's all I'm saying. And and I also believe that some people maybe feel clearer, like not not like I'm not trying to go like weird, but like they're not clouded when they're doing something like say bike riding. I've seen so many bike riders in my time be so natural and so good, and it, it was so effortless, and they were without trying because the way they felt about what they were doing, there was nothing blocking them. You know what I'm saying? And they were like so natural, you could say, but like, but like really it was more kind of like they weren't clouded in what they were doing and this, their expression on their bike was just so rad. And for me on the flip side, I've had to train myself to be like that because I grew up in like a, uh, uh, you know, um, not to throw my family under the bus uh, by any means. I grew up single mom, she worked in a factory, then I had a stepdad. I grew up living, while well, we grew up, there was like, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, my mom was the only one that was positive, let's put it that way. There's a lot of negativity and a lot of self-doubt. And I, I learned all that through bike riding as well, you know, to feel that feeling it gives you to feel about yourself. Does that make sense? I'm all over the place right now. No, but no, no. But to make a point. you bring up something really interesting, though, with this is that you're such a positive. I mean, just follow you on social media. You can tell, like, you're you're naturally a positive guy. Like, you cannot, you can't be a negative guy and be an action sports guy most of the time because you're never going to land a trick because you're always going to think that you're going to fall or things aren't going to go right or whatever. Right. So you have to be a right, positive right, right. guy. So, in I, I'm. I'm curious to know if you think you went that direction because of all the negativity that you had, you know, then, or if you had to teach yourself that later on in life, or if it really was just like, was it just the bike riding? Like once you found something you love to do that it flipped your world around. Um, I think with riding was just one of those things where, I mean, we're talking like, you know, I mean, I was born in 69. So started riding bikes, like, you know, seven years old or something but it wasn't until I like really started jumping and stuff maybe around 10 that I could just get out of the house and just go ride around and it, it felt good and I felt like I had something that was mine that like you know I moved a lot as a kid uh, you know single parent uh, was out of shape uh, didn't have much friends because it, it was hard to establish friends when you're going in and out of school all the time. Um, so I think just with riding was one of those things where I was like, this is cool. I just get on and get out. I'm out. And and I wanted to get out. I wanted to get out all the time. And so, I don't know, like, I, I guess your question was, did I apply the positivity? I, I think I learned a lot of the positivity by setting goals through bike riding. That, like, negativity was something that I used to battle for a long time growing up. Um, and I had to prove to myself that I had a self-worth. I had to prove to myself that uh, I could do something. I could have proved to myself that I couldn't like myself. And I wasn't always born this way. That that I I uh, I, I trained myself. Well, I wouldn't say trained, but like 
through experience of life and trial and error, uh, I learned all those things about liking myself and about accepting who I am and, and not, not having to always have the need to be accepted, to, to feel like uh, some form of validation of some sort, you know, or to have that attention. You know what I mean? Changed quite a bit over the years. This is what happened. I got divorced for the third time, and I'm like, what am I doing? I got two kids. I, you know, everything that, I can't say everything, but, you know, I'm, I'm a Midwest kid from Kansas City. Uh, I made it all the way to Beverly Hills. Lived there for, for 10 years. Had to let it all go. Had to let everything go. Had to start over. Uh, I moved into a 900 square foot apartment with two kids, two dogs and a cat. No family help out here. So what am I going to do? Like, it was hard letting go of those possessions. I think, and I will say on a side note, I think that's one of the reasons why I ride a lot of empty pools. They go into these houses. And I, I don't go in the house, but we go ride the pools and you look at the house, you're like, when I mean, the house is done, it's like abandoned, you know? And you're thinking like, it all goes. I mean, not to say don't enjoy it while you're here, but like, don't, don't hold on to things. You know what I mean? Like, at some point in time in your life, at the end of your life, you have to let go of all of it anyways. So just enjoy it while you got it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I started riding pools because I was like, wow, I should like houses and you start visualizing like this person had this and this person had that and they probably thought they had life as made. And now it's just like, shit. Just saying. It's waiting to be torn down. And I learned a lot because I, was, I had a hard time letting go of stuff. So like, I worked on my whole life for this. I got to let go of this. Uh, it's hard for me. And, uh, and so what I did was, to, get to, 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 to answer your question long form, is I started to do research on, no one told me, I didn't see a psychologist, I didn't see a counselor, but I was like, man, I guess that makes me the same mistakes. I wonder if there'd be a way to reprogram my thinking. Not completely, but like, yeah, some stuff that I knew I was and I wanted to change, but I didn't know how to go about doing it. And that's when I started to study the subconscious mind, how it never goes to sleep. It only gets what you say and think, what you tell it. It steers you down the road, all that. And that started looking to the law of attraction. And I started to absorb this stuff. And then I said, wait a second. If the subconscious mind never goes to sleep, that makes sense. Why they said never go to sleep in front of the TV. Because you're listening to all that shit. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find things that I like that help me, that I think I need to improve on, like fear of abandonment, or abandonment issues, fear of being alone, people pleasing, guilt, self guilt, all this shit that was just laced on me, okay, that I was venting through bike riding. It just was piled up through the years. I'm gonna get rid of this shit. And how I did it was, I would listen to audiobooks while I slept. My subconscious mind is listening the whole damn time. And people are like, you're crazy, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not, dude, it works. Listen, over the course of time, I would go and to meet somebody. They're not in a relationship, just meet someone. Like on the street. And, wow, she's kind of cute. And, oh, wow. And then I would see, I would see red flags that I've never seen before. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. Because the old me would be afraid to be alone and would put myself in situations that would cause so much more damage to my life than just getting over being alone. Does that make sense? And what I'm saying is, not to be alone, like, don't oh, be alone, the old man, my house, all that stuff. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, it's okay. It's okay. Focus on you and you'll blow your own mind. 
You understand what I'm saying? Dude, so, that's that's, that's so. I, that's what I. That's what I did, man. You know. That's so wild that you. So you feel the difference when you listen. Like you felt the difference in your body when you listen to that audio book while you're sleeping. I don't, no, I don't feel a difference in my body. No, and the first time around, you listen to audio books. So like, okay, I'm healed. Okay, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> no, this is like continual over and over and over repetition, repetition, repetition. And I get to the point now where I don't have to do it. You know, I guess I guess no, what I, I I guess I said that like a little bit wrong. So I, I, what I'm saying, you feel the difference like in your life now, and your demeanor, and your attitude, and the way you act, and like from the constant like listening to those things. Like you you can tell because you're like you're very emphatic that this yeah. works. I mean, it works for me, and I always say that because I don't want anybody like saying, "Well, you said to do this, and it didn't work," and so no. This works for me, okay? This is what I did for me, that I figured out for me. Everybody, like I said, everybody's going to have their own. If there's something about your life you want to change, I'm not here. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, okay? I'm just telling you what works for me. And what I did was, that's exactly what I did. I listened to audiobooks, and over the course of time, I'm talking like years, dude. I'm not talking like two months or whatever. And I had, you know, I had my kids, when I would have my kids, I would sometimes sleep with my headphones on because I have my kids more during all these years. And I didn't want them to listen to this stuff. You know what I mean? And so, but it wasn't bad stuff. But, but yeah, 100%. I'm way more comfortable being by myself. Almost to the point where it can be bad. <laughs> but like, uh, I go ride or do my thing. Or just, just, uh, you get lonely. You want a, you want you want a relationship. You want a companionship, but you don't want to just jump into what you had before. Because I did that, and I kept doing that, and I kept doing that, and it, it got the same result. You know, there is a thing that says that quote: uh, "Do do something over and over again with a different result." Insanity. I can go with relationships too, bro. Okay, like not just like it can go for it. That I think that they can use that quote on anything, and. You know, even competing. Let's go, let's backtrack. Uh, I go do the same run I've been doing 25 years with a different result. That's insanity. I'm just saying. For me. For me. So, so yeah, I saw a big difference. And I got to the point where, I guess, not necessarily you could say, well, then that car's squeaking like, you need to change the brakes. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not to the point where I'm like, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I will say this. From how I felt now, right now, than what I did like, you know, eight years ago, day and night, day and night, because there's some things I will never do again, ever, and 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 there's and there's some things that I've learned, and I and I, and I also learned through having kids too. That helps you learn real quick, like, but um, yeah, I, I, there's a big difference in, in me, and and I think I think that like. And you become more fearless, and you become your own best friend. And you, uh, you, uh, I, and I don't want to paint the picture that I'm some like dude that doesn't like to be around people that 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 that's that some you know outcast just wants you know do. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I, I kept finding myself damaging myself, and it was more just always looking for that that relationship, and always put myself in in situations in relationships and marriages that. 
was just a pattern that I just had to stop and I needed to take care of my kids and I needed to be strong and I needed just to overcome some things that I felt like that I never confronted myself. And listen, I'm not a drug addict. I've never done drugs. I don't know what it's like to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. But I will say that when, when I was going through that period where I was really focused on looking at myself, it was uncomfortable. And it was, uh, it was a little uneasy at times. And when I felt my body started to shift and let go of things that I thought I needed, that I don't need, it was uncomfortable at first letting go of those things. Does that make sense? Heck yeah, it does. Dude, and yeah, I'm I'm fascinated. Yeah. I'm I, like, it's really it's really cool that you found something and you did it for years. Like that, you said that you you listened to those audiobooks over years. Like I wasn't expecting that long of a time frame, but you stuck with that. Like you really hung in there on your your idea of just this positive message to yourself day in and day out. Yeah, well, thanks, man. And for me, I did the audiobook thing because. You know, I, I can listen to those while I'm driving too, but sometimes my mind is that I'll be listening and then you start thinking of bike tricks or thinking of something else. And then uh, reading, I, I've just, I've always been, uh, I, I'm always fascinated by people that can just sit there and, and read a book and go through it and be stoked and pick up another one. Um, I I, I kind of I get really tired when I start reading. I've always been that way even as a kid. And so uh, I, I felt like the audiobook was a way for me that way my brain has my absolute 100% attention because I'm sleeping, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And if my subconscious mind's still awake, well, log in information, you know, it's listening. And uh, I even got into this, like, I think it's Hertz frequency for healing. I think like four, is it 435, I'm trying to remember what it was, but there's different frequencies you can listen to while you sleep. And help with healing and, and negative vibes and stuff. And I would play that stuff for my kids too. Like we'd sleep and we just put on this music. You can find it online on YouTube. I think it's like 435 hertz. It's a different frequency for healing. I got into it. Got into it, yeah. But I don't need to do that stuff anymore. I healed myself. I know the difference now. I applied it. I applied it. I'm not perfect, but I applied it to the degree where I'm like, yeah. I need to make those, those choices like that. I make better choices, you know? <laughs> okay. You know? You know what's so, like, and, uh, what makes yeah. this so, what makes this so crazy, too, is that you've done all this stuff, like, you, like, this is incredible, like, it's great stuff for people to hear, to constantly be working, like, working to improve yourself. Like, you saw holes in where you need to improve, and you went after it, and people might say, this is some hippy-dippy crap that you're, you like spitting on and, and, and they had, but then you go on stage and you're screaming punk rock music to a crowd. And then you get on your bike and you're riding like you're listening to punk rock music, just flying around the bowl. And like, it's, it's, it's really cool how you can, you can manage to switch and have both things. And I think that's one fascinating thing about like people that are successful and stuff. They have this, ability to to do stuff like that like they separate the art from and what they do and what they love from in in different zones like they can appreciate the flowers and also appreciate the violence yeah of course yeah i mean i mean 
but I wouldn't been able to, to, you know, you, you, we need to back up for a second. Remember talking about how you want to keep writing and stuff. There's a lot that goes with that, like to keep writing. And this is another part of it. Another part of it that I mentally had to fix to, 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 uh, heal myself in some areas. Just like in order to keep writing, you got to watch your weight. It changes. Your body changes, bro. Your metabolism does slow down. I don't care what anyone said. I used to not believe it. I'm like, nah, no, it does. <laughs> and then, and then you're like, okay. And then you gotta like, stay, stay uh, uh, don't, don't get tight. Meaning like, don't get full attention in your body. Don't let the emotion, the emotions, emotions are worse than physical on your body. Emotional tension causes more damage. People are like, oh, you're full of it. No, it does. I'm telling you, when, when you, when you fall, like I've, I've also practiced through the years a lot of, uh, massage therapy, but more kind of like, see, when I first moved to Orange County in 97, I'm like, I want to start getting massages. Everyone thought like I was the hippy-dippy dude. Like, here you go, massages. <laughs> <laughs> and I found this guy in Orange County, this Vietnamese guy, he became one of my best buddies not over time. Uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but I've seen him over the last 20 years, okay? And he's helped me with like so much of way of thinking perception turned me on to like drinking ionized water to a number of things. Now what I'm getting at is what I was saying about like how you can keep riding. It's more layered so much deeper than just like, can I make the money to do this? I got to eat the right food. I got to keep my mind right. I got to keep my body right. It's, it's a daily practice. And so he taught me how to acknowledge pain and accept it and therefore to leave your body. If you protect the pain, you're protecting it. It's not going to go anywhere. And this guy is so badass, like such a philosopher. And it was just a random dude that I found uh, back even when you still looked in the yellow pages, bro. Okay, it's 97. Okay, it wasn't that long ago. You couldn't Google, like, where businesses are. Remember, we had to still look in the yellow pages? Yes. And I was yeah. like, you know what I mean? I was like, yo, like, what's up? And we became really good friends over time. And, like, he's helped me a lot to where... I don't need to see him anymore. I know how to work on myself. I know when I fall, boom, shake it off. I know to shake that tension off. I know like how to, and that, and, and, and that's probably why I was stubborn about the broken ribs thing and the accident at work tour is because I felt like I could take care of myself. I guess there's a point where you can't, but for the most part on a daily basis, I know how to release tension in my legs and my calves and my body and my spine, align myself, keep my body uh, uh, loose because what happens is if your body gets tight and you fall it breaks you know so flexibility is like a lot of it and so by keeping that flexibility into your 50s into your older that not only doesn't help you with riding it helps you with so many things and like and I will say this bro and I'm rambling like crazy expression expressing yourself really keeps you loose it really keeps you alive. It keeps you like, like, I don't know. It, keep, it keeps you young feeling like young spirited, like expressing yourself as an individual. And, and that's why I do all of these things to express myself, to have my own voice, to have my own creativity to, to, and I, and I don't think I'm anything extra special. I think anybody in this world could do anything if they really want to. But I will say that just by expressing yourself in a way that's positive, you really it really helps you a lot, man. It helps it helps your mind and your soul, your body, you know? 
does. Well, that's it does me at least. I mean, none of none of what you say or whatever you put out ever comes off like to, from the outside. This is like a dude that's just a fan that didn't know you before this phone call, and we literally said like what maybe five or six words before we started this podcast. Um, none of it comes off ever like you're thinking like you're something special. Like you literally, it literally comes off like you're like, "Hey, everybody, come join the party, man! Look what we're, look what you can do! Like you can do anything you want! Like look what I'm doing! That means anybody can do anything they want! Like that's the way it comes off! Yeah. Like I, I feel when I watch yeah. your videos, dude. Even when you, even when you, you've got the one where your teeth are out and your face is all busted up. I'm like, dude, I want to go do something right now. Oh, dude, you're talking. Uh, hell yeah, dude, that's rad. You're talking about that photo. Yeah, listen, man, I forgot to mention. Okay, so after I got hurt with that lung in the hospital, I started filming for my 50 of 50, and I fell and got knocked out. And I busted my face and broke my teeth. And I have four fake teeth anyways. And everybody was like, what the fuck? What did you just do? I'm like, dude, I'm trying to get this 50 of 50 done. And I slammed and knocked my teeth out. My face is all bloody. And they're like, dude, you shouldn't even be riding. Like, is your lung even healed? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. They're like, dude. So I had back-to-back injuries but i needed to get that 50 and 50 done and i did and i was the first to do it so yeah that was the own personal goal of like yo let's get it. i mean i used to, dude, we used to go all the time on the road and just be like i used to ride but i got old and like how old are you i'm 19 i'm like dude you're not old <laughs> you're 19 but you're maybe i get it where some people live they feel like they're old because they're forced into like the, the family life and the marriage and the work right away because that's their environment. I get it. I understand it. I think a lot of that's changed in society because of the internet. And people are like, hey, I don't need to run out and have a family right away. I can live a little bit of life, you know, um, or a lot of bit of life. And so, uh, yeah, man, So I, I, I had a rough, that, that was a rough slam, but whatever, just keep it moving. Dude, but you- I was talking about that one. I was at the park by myself, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and my GoPro was just running, and you see dudes come around and go, like, dude, you all right? And I got my van and drove home. And as I'm driving home, I'm like, this is a great intro to my 50 of 50. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you can't even, it doesn't, you're like, man, your face all busted up, and you're as happy as you can be in the video, it looks like. You're like, hey, man. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I just slammed. You can do anything, bro. Like, you're just like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, no, I'm not, dude. Listen, nobody lives forever, okay? When I was younger, my mom, she had two brothers die in car accidents. And she got divorced. And then she she was working in a bar. And like before, she she worked at Wonderbread Bakery for like 30 years or whatever. Horrible life. Hor- not horrible life, but horrible job for a woman. Factory life sucks for a woman. I don't care. Even for a man. It's a gnarly job, okay? And, and... I, you know, I was just like always grateful, you know. And but, but before that happened, my mom she used to go to the to the cemetery at night, the graveyard, and we had to stay the night there. And I remember the first time being like, "This is fucked up, crying and shit, scared, huh? dead people everywhere. Like, what am I doing?" This is in the seventies, dude. Things were different. You could you could go into the graveyard at two in the morning. No one would even question you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, until Ed Gein fucked it up. You know who he is? He's a dude from Milwaukee. That's who the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about. But it's not Texas Chainsaw. It's Ed Gein. He used to dig up bodies and make lampshades out of skins and shit. <laughs> Give him flesh. Yeah, look him up. 
crazy. Anyway, that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at <laughs> is, I remember sitting there leaning against the tombstone going, this is where I end up? All right, okay. Well, let's get busy. Man. Like, what? Like, oh, let's start living life. And I was maybe, I was maybe eight years old, man. Is that? Not, not nine, nine or so. I remember that. Like, I'm like, I don't know what it is I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Because if this is where my body at least ends up, like this is the, the end result to all of this, well, I'm going to have to go just uh, motivated. I know it sounds uh, morbid to some people. They're like, dude, just shoot you. No, I got motivated. I was like, all right, cool. Nothing to lose. Let's go. Enjoy it while you're here. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's that's so it's so crazy. It's awesome how you've done that. I think you you've got an awesome message that can help. Like people just need to follow you on your Instagram, your social media. They need to watch. Man, the, I, but listen, I, I, I thank you, but let anyone out there, I ain't trying to just preach or change the world or any of that. I'm just saying through experience, through my life, if I could shed any kind of motivation on anybody to help them follow what they love to do or feel good about themselves and realize that life is so short, live it and feel good while you're here, then that's served my purpose. I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to be like the dude that's like telling people what to do, think I'm better, preaching, self-righteous, any of that bullshit, not at all. I'm just saying through my own trials and errors and tribulations and life and experiences, what I've learned is we aren't here very long. Let's make the best of it. That doesn't mean go do stupid shit. That means if you got an idea or a vision or a dream, you got nothing to lose. Go for it. Dude, I love you it. Know what I, mean? I love it. Go for it. Go for it. That's it. And then, then you'll realize if you by telling if you really want to do it or not. You're like, oh, I think I might want to try this. Or like, you know what? I was right. I'm not good at that. Let me try something else. You know? So anyways. I love it, man. I'm actually I'm actually sitting up off the Sunset Boulevard right now. I, I ride uh I try to ride every now and then, uh, ten miles. I've been doing this for like this route for 20 years through Hollywood. I ride 10 miles on my bike, my BMX, listen to headphones, good ideas. Uh, you know, feel good. Uh, no pressure, no stress, no, you know, nothing, nothing in the way. I just feel free. I've been doing this since I was a kid. So I've been doing the same ride for like 20 years, since 97 or whatever. That's, that's awesome. 10 miles a long way on a BMX. Yeah, but it's fun, dude. You just kind of bopping around, and you just listen to music, or you get you get ideas, and um, you know, I get ideas for lyrics or ideas all kind. Because I feel like this is where my mind's the clearest in all this chaos. But my mind's clear. I'm on my bike. It's the feeling it gives me to inspire me is just being on it. It's weird. I don't know. That's just what it is. Dude, people people need to do those sort of things, man. I was in a, like, I was in a rough spot at one point in time and I found something, like, I started getting back into be- the things that I loved instead of, you know, like, I pushed them all away for so long because I thought I had to be a certain way, right? Struggling to, like, right. keep some thir- certain things afloat, you know? And, and then I realized, like, I lost it anyway. So, what, like, okay, what do I got, what, what happened to me? Like, that destroyed me. And so then I started implementing those things that I like to do again. And it say like it turned me back into the same human being that I was. And I, I'm like, Oh man, I could share this piece of advice with everybody. So I get that totally on that level that that's where you need to go. And, and more people need whatever hobby or whatever activity or whatever thing that 
that they can go and be 100% in that thing at that moment. That's what they need to, to break away, whether it's an hour, whether it's a couple hours, whether it's 30 minutes. They just need that, that little piece of time where they're in something so 100% that they don't have to, they're, you're not thinking about anything else in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's like they say, you know, uh, your place of like what, uh, I guess, serenity or like your place of like, uh, you know, your, you, know, so you, got, you have your special place to go to to think and da, da, da. maybe that's it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I, mean, you know I mean, it's like, you know, you know, I go down to the lake and I sit here, look at the ducks, and that's cool, people, I go fishing, whatever. I mean, I, I like to dodge cars on Sunset Boulevard, hauling ass, listening to Pantera. I'm like so alive and like, ah! I feel good. That's just me, you know. I, I want to mention this real quick before we go. Anyone out there, they might say, oh, well, you're just lucky. You just live in California. Oh, you're just lucky. You just drive bikes. Or you're just like, you have no idea. First off, I just want to say this. I worked in an Olive Garden. I graduated high school in 1987. I got a job working at Olive Garden. And I worked there for nine years. Sorry, seven years. Seven years. Wait, 97. Wait, 98, 99, 2000. Seven years. Okay. Seven years. And I used to ride my bike to work, lived in my mom's basement, didn't have a car, didn't have a girlfriend. Was, all I cared about was riding. Back then, we didn't get flown to contests. We didn't even get bike parts. You didn't, get, you didn't get a t-shirt. Are you kidding me? There weren't any, no one was flowing you like three socks, dude. You know what I mean? And so you're like, yo, like, you just loved riding. You, you wanted to ride. I'd save all my money. I'd go to contests. I'd pay my hospital bills. This, that, whatever. I get a little bit of attention in the industry. I'd, I'd apply it, I'd apply it, I'd be still, I'd set goals, I'd set goals through all the injuries, through everything. And I remember I quit bike riding because of injuries one year. I wouldn't say quit, but I told myself, I'm done. That year I tore my shoulder, my knee, I had to wear a, a, a piss bag for a month because I tore my urethra. Oh yeah, it was a fucking rough year. Oh. I'm like, I'm done. I'm busting tables, paying for this shit, paying my way to contests, I ain't making no money unless I do shows. Shows aren't guaranteed, you may do a couple weeks a year or or, you know, a couple months a year, which is fun, it's cool, but, you know, yeah, what am I going to do with my life? And, uh, and I remember I stopped dead in my tracks carrying my bus up at the Olive Garden. I'm like, what the? I quit riding for this? Is this my, is this it? Is this it? Is this, is this where, is this where, is this where, I, is, as far as I'm going to get? You've been doing this for this long and you quit bike riding for this? And that's what I told myself. Start riding again, dude. You just start riding again. Like, like follow your dream. So what if you got hurt? Just get over it, get it fixed, keep moving forward. Like, I didn't shy away, but I, I did for about five months. I was like, I'm done. And then that's when I realized, well, what else am I going to do with my life? I don't like to do it. This is what I like to do. Like, oh, well, I got hurt. Or, oh, well, I got to pay for this. Or, oh, well, well, who cares? It's all worth it. What am I gonna do? Just fuck tables and then go go get wasted with all everyone else at work at night and then wake up, come back to this job, and then go get wasted and come back to this job. That ain't fulfillment to me. Then fulfillment to me. I was like, so anyone out there that says, oh, you got lucky or oh, it's just, you have no idea. And one day it'll all be in my book. Yeah, <laughs> book, do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't use that excuse. And I only say that because I used to use that excuse. And I told you earlier, I used to be jealous of people. And I had to check myself. And when you check yourself, that's what you need to do. 
I checked myself. You know what I'm saying? No, there's no luck involved. It's all about how bad do you want it. Understand? Heck, dude, for That's sure. It. That's it. <laughs> That's All it. Right, Walk off. All right. Hey, uh, let everybody know your band, where they can find you, and and all that, so they can stay tuned when your movie comes out. They'll know when it comes out and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all my social media is basically Rick Thorn. Um, it's, it's uh, with the E at the end, so it's Thorn T H O R N E. Um, like like I'm mostly on Instagram. I mean, you know, uh, some, some I got Facebook and all that. And then my website's RickThorn.tv. My band is called Good Guys in Black. My cooking show is called Cooking with the Thorns. And I have actually have my own podcast as well called The Rick Thorn Show. Heck yeah, so, dude. I mean, you know what I mean? So just, just staying busy, bro. And so uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you. And uh, hopefully somebody gets inspired and, and does rad things, man. So yeah, hell yeah. Me too. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. This was a blast, dude. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Rick again. Really appreciate it, man. It was a true pleasure to get to talk to you on this episode. Go support him and his band and all of his stuff and his social media. And until the next episode, see ya.